0: That we might do a, a little opening segment today, inspired by you.
2: Well, hmm, you know, I uh, I had to take uh, you know I'm taking care of my mom's old doggy, eh? Leroy. Oh yeah. I, I have my little dog Millie, but I'm also the, the new adoptive mother of Leroy, Leroy. the the blind deaf uh, spaniel. <laughs> I Told me about Leroy, and so I take Leroy little <laughs> oh, oh so I was taking I take Leroy to the to the vet, you know, to check his eyes, right? To check oh. his eyes because he can't, you know, he's banging into things.
1: Oh you know, my God. God! God
2: bless him, you know. He wakes up in the morning. He can't really see. He just and he just looks around and he's just happy to be alive. And I look at him waking up in the morning. And I think, God, if I could just be so blessed, I'm just happy to be alive today. Then he gets up and bangs into something and gets some food. It's a, beautiful, it's a beautiful thing. But anyway, when I take him to the vet, the vet and I always get into conversations because he has a father with Alzheimer's, and I have a father with Alzheimer's, yeah. right? So we get talking about, well, how's your dad? Oh, how's your dad? And we talk, 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 talk. And, you know, I, and I'm not saying that I am a saint in in having uh, understanding Alzheimer's and, and what it's like to talk to somebody, but when I see someone who... I'll, I'll make sense in a second. Oh, good. When he's talking about his dad, like his dad... <laughs> He'll, his dad he'll go to dinner with his dad and and or take us because his dad is still mobile and and hmm. the dad'll want to go to the bathroom and then the dad'll want to go again he and he gets mad at his dad he goes well you just went to the bathroom don't you remember don't you remember you just went to the bathroom and he's very impatient and, and hmm. I'm, it's it's I, I, I say this with all respect for people who are dealing with families with who are and many are touched with Alzheimer's with dementia, but and it and it does you you do lose your patience sometimes, but it sounds it, like kids, man yeah, I suppose
0: it I, sounds like dealing I, I suppose with kids, I'm telling you right now
2: but what I've learned with 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 Alzheimer's is you gotta you gotta go into their world. you can't expect them to come into your world anymore because they can't they can't they can't make sense that this is a is a scotch tape roll they don't know so if they think it's a if they think it's a bird mm. don't say no it's not a bird it's a freaking scotch tape dispenser you kind of go yeah isn't it pretty and it, and it i know not makes it sound like you're a, a little bit crazy <laughs> you know like you're i don't think so what i what i love about you because see
0: okay so janice and i were just talking about what we wanted to talk about right and janice started talking about the alzheimer's situation with her dad and how she goes into his world and how you know i wonder if it's broad enough i wonder if it's broad enough but what i love is that i don't think this just applies to people with alzheimer's i think this applies to everyone in your life because I, I first thought about it with my kids and how you, you have to be patient, and how she doesn't see things the way I see them, and how she won't, when she's older, see things the way that I see mm-hmm. them. And why do you need you, these people to see things the way that your your reality dictates they are? What does it mean to you? Mm-hmm. And how important is it to find that human connection that you compromise, and that you open your mind, and you say, yes, the Scotch tape dispenser is a beautiful bird. Like, who cares if it allows you to connect? Why do we right. need to be right? And like with my daughter, she'll, I mean, she does stuff like that all the time. She's like, oh my God, she loves to tell me that her mouth are, is is her eyes. So she's like, she points to her mouth and she goes, I because she knows it drives me nuts. And I'm like, it's your mouth. And, and she thinks it's hilarious. But she'll be like, "No, it's my eyes." And so now I'm like, "This, what a beautiful eye you have there." I mean, <laughs> because it, it's it, become a game. It's for you become, guys. but yeah. it's like I go into like whatever she sees or whatever she finds interesting, like helicopters. She wants to look at helicopters 24 seven. She's fascinated by helicopters and horses. She won't watch Barney, but I have to pull up YouTube. And I do my email on one side of the computer, and on the other side, YouTube is on with helicopters of war. And it's like, dun-da-da-da, dun, dun. and you see, like, <laughs> the helicopters flying through the sky. They're not killing anyone, but it's, I go into her world. I'm like, all right, yeah, I'm in your world. We're into helicopters. Right. Or, okay, we want to spend an hour and a half looking at the horse book that you looked at 15,000 times today again. Right. But... It, if that's what it requires, if it requires a little sacrifice, if it re- requires a little patience to have that compassion and that connection, then why is it a bad thing? I think. And uh, even by the way, with other people in our lives, let's go a step further with this concept you've you've identified in dealing with Alzheimer's. I look at my little sister and the way she sees the world. she's nineteen. And we have fundamentally divergent political views. And I used to say like, oh, my God, who is this kid? I can't believe I'm putting this kid through college. It's <laughs> <I was laughs> like, what happens when she puts these ideas into the world? <laughs> and, you know, oh, my God. And I've learned as I've gotten older that she hasn't come to me. I've actually gone to her. I've started to see and understand It doesn't mean I always agree, but I see and understand her points. In some cases, I acquiesce. In some cases, I coexist. But it's allowed us to become closer in finding a mutual respect. And in some cases, even an understanding or an appreciation of the thought process. But I fought it for a really long time because I was like, no, my way is the right way. I'm right. And it was my foundation. It was my identity. Mm -hmm. So to, to... Not see things the way you normally see them, or the way you think is right, really challenges your identity. I think.
2: Yeah, and I. Not only that, I I agree. It totally challenges your identity, but it also challenges what you think other people are going to think of you.
0: Yeah. Like, you
2: know what I mean? Like, if I, if I'm sitting with my dad, looking at the scotch tape dispenser, going, "What a pretty bird that is. I think it's blue. You know, I think it's blue." (laughs) And someone. Walks in and sees that if I'm not if I'm not confident enough to make that connection with my dad, they're going to go. I'm going to be worried. Oh, they're going to think I'm a whack job. Yeah. Oh, what are they going to think of me if I'm sitting here talking about the scotch tape? Do you know what I mean? Oh, like, I know. It's that perception. But oh my God,
0: I know. It, it, it's I get it. It's even like the way that Dr. Carp guy on the Daily Dose told me to handle Lou when she's having a tantrum. He he wanted me to like raise my voice to a third of where her voice was and be repetitive, but not yell. So. I know, you want it, you want it, you want it now, you want it. And I was like, are you, ever look like a psychotic person. <laughs> oh my God. But his theory was that if you're too blase about it, they think you're patronizing them that you don't understand. And if you're too authoritarian, you're you're using intimidation. So to kind of meet in the middle, but you look like a nutball when you're doing it. But I was like, I'm going to try it. Screw it. If it helps my kid, I'll do it. it didn't work unfortunately (laughs) most of his stuff did work (laughs) she did stop for a second though and go what the hell's the matter with you she really did she had a moment of wondering if i was okay i think she thought i was having an aneurysm but (laughs)
2: yeah
0: (laughs) but i tried i tried and and you're right you got to get around what you think people are going to think of you feel secure in yourself open your mind to knowing that life is not black and white which we talk about a lot here and and being compassionate and trying to see the world through someone else's eyes. Right. Number one communication tip: see the world in, through their eyes, stand in their shoes.
2: And they will. And and the the beauty of it, and and I can only akin it to to the dementia way because it's yeah. what I'm what I'm in the world I'm in. But like, like my dad's in a facility with many with with many people of the same mm. the same problem. And and there's one gal who will come up to, to me every day when she, I go feed my dad, and he'll he'll she'll come up and go, "Did I tell you my husband died?" and i'll say i'll say i won't say her name but i i'll say yep yeah, you did and i'm so sorry oh. you know instead of saying you know and it just her body language just goes oh you understand so instead of but if i just said oh for god's sake you've told me that every day you know I mean? <laughs> <laughs> for the last year it's just yes an hour ago and the hour it, before that you yeah, told me it just confuses them so much and if it if that's what it takes to put someone at ease yeah what, what is that for me to say, wow, I didn't know, and I'm I'm so sorry. Yeah. I, I don't know. It just... I get it. A little, yeah, it's a little sacrifice goes a long way.
0: Sacrifice. It does. Sometimes in life, there is sacrifice. But you only sacrifice when it... If. This is not compromising you. Exactly. It's like you're sacrificing yeah. <laughs> some time, but it's not compromising your ultimate happiness. And you even find some happiness because you've made them happier and felt understood. Yeah. Yeah, I thought that went somewhere, Janice. Well, I learned well, something.
2: Did you? Mm-hmm. I learned something too. I know, but I always learn a little tidbit from you every time we speak.
0: There's a reason that I am so famous and successful.
2: Really? Why is that?
0: I don't know, but <laughs> I don't know. God.
2: Like, you know, I say it because I know you hate it when I say like, I want some snappy. It's
0: snappy, snappy, <laughs> snappy. And I want I like,
2: snappy. I'm just really snappy.
0: Yeah. Oh, God. All right. Uh, short and snappy. Okay, so okay. here's what I've got. I want to do a segment about caffeine. And mm-hmm. I've talked about caffeine as a fat burner. Yeah. But I don't think we ever really talked about caffeine as a fitness performance enhancer. And it is dramatically so. Uh, which is another reason it helps you burn more calories because you perform better in the gym. But it gives runners and cyclists better endurance. It gives tennis players better agility, speed, and accuracy. It gives lifters better power. Uh, it it allows you to work deeper into a muscle contraction to lift more weight because your body doesn't feel the pain as much. Oh, that's bizarre. <laughs> no, it's, it's insane. And in fact, caffeine works in the body uh, to counteract why it does this is, of course, it's a stimulant, and it stimulates the nervous system and what have you, but it essentially works in the body to counteract the effects of something called adenosine, and adenosine relaxes the nervous system. So it, it, it makes it more lax, more tired, more sleepy, and caffeine stimulates, and it makes your nervous system more sensitive, and that's why you have more speed, agility, power, alertness, uh, even if you look at caffeine, people do better on tests as well. Same thing, but I'm however, it has
2: to be to a point, though, because I mean, it some, does. Okay, yeah. so
0: so now that you know that, you need to talk about a caffeine strategy. So first of all, it takes 30 to 60 minutes for caffeine to truly get in the body and take an effect, and then the half life of caffeine. So basically, on average, about half of the caffeine in your system is gone within four to six hours, and 75% of it is cleared in six to seven hours. So knowing that, if you think it's going to impede your sleep, you don't want to be going to the gym and thinking, I'm going to pound a cup of coffee at five o'clock at night. Uh, So when you look at your strategy, it's like, all right, you can go up to 200 milligrams, over 200 uh, Over 200 milligrams is going to have the opposite effect. It's going to tax your adrenals. It's going to make you jittery and overstimulated. So that's your limit. And you want to get it in 30 to 60 minutes before your training. And then the the best bet, we always think, well, more is more. So I'm just going to go straight for 200 Mm -hmm. milligrams. But the truth is that it isn't. You want to take the least amount that you notice a difference. And that can be anywhere from 60 milligrams to 200 milligrams. So now also... I'm a big believer in the quality of of the caffeine. That's why I I always liked fat burners or or caffeine pills. Um, But if you want to just do it with a cup of coffee, just make sure it's organic because coffee is loaded with pesticides. And a strong, tall cup of coffee, that's like 200 milligrams. I was just going to ask you size was. But like a shot of espresso is like 80. So I know it seems crazy. You think it's more, but it's not more. It's actually less in a shot than a big cup of coffee. So what I'll usually do is do a shot of espresso and then go for my bike ride or go to my whatever class and or do my whatever my workout regimen is. And I usually hit it about 45 minutes before I exercise. I noticed that works best for me. If you're competing in an endurance race, mm-hmm. You can actually take the same dosage of caffeine and cut it in halves. So you could do it 40, half of it 45 minutes before you train. And let's say you're in a three hour marathon or a two hour fitness event or whatever it might be. An hour in, you can hit it again so that it powers you through that last right. two hours. Uh, so if it's, if you're finding the dose is too much all at once, you can half it, but it's only for endurance sports. If you're, you know, again, going for a marathon, a a triathlon, or you're doing a Tough Mudder race or the Spartan or the Warrior or whatever, something that goes for distance and endurance, that's only when you'd want to half it, not when you're going for your thing at the gym. And remember, the least amount that affects your body is the better strategy. If you're going to use coffee, you know what's truthfully amazing that I'm obsessed with these days is eBoost. Obsessed. No. I'm obsessed. I'm thinking of buying stuff. I keep telling them that I want to come on board like I did with pop chips. So what does the E stand for? It's not um, energy boost, but it's all natural. So it's like guarana, cola, but it has um, – it also has the electrolytes in it. So it's also a recovery. So if you're – it gives you the, you know um, – Oh, Jillian, the potassium, et cetera. So when you're sweating and you're losing a lot of electrolytes, it also maintains performance. And there's no, nothing artificial flavored with stevia, five calories, none of those pesticides. It's all clean, clean, clean energy uh, with the electrolytes. And it has like vitamin C and ginkgo and astragalus in it. It's also loaded with um, uh, immunity boosters.
2: So does it have a does it have an ingredient called caffeine? Yeah, no, no, no. E-Boost has caffeine in it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, and that's what it says. It just says... I know that sounds a stupid oh God, question, but is it an ingredient when you read something, if you wanted to take You'll find like You'll find it a- like Gouda Cola
0: or Cola Nut or could just say caffeine, but it usually tell you where it's derived from.
2: Okay. That's yeah, what
0: Yeah, it'll usually I mean. tell you, but this also has like astragalus and ginkgo and B and potassium and stuff. So it's like, it's like energy plus kind of, Yeah. Uh, but it's a clean source of energy. It's a controlled amount of energy. So you can't go over the two. I think it's like 160 milligrams per e-boost per okay. little packet. Um, that's my that's my drug of choice these days. <laughs> I'm obsessed with it. But uh, if you can't find it or you,
2: I don't know, a nice good yeah. uh, organic cup of joe will go. do the trick. Yeah,
1: uh-huh. well,
2: that was very snappy, quick and snappy. I'm impressed, and now we can stop. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean this isn't the end of the show.
0: Well, that was really misleading. Even Jake looks confused. <laughs> Jake, you took the blue out of your hair.
2: I did. I know he's blonde. Why? It started to turn grayish green. Oh. Time to go blonde again.
0: That's good, I know. It's good for
1: you. There must be some kind of way out of here. Said a joker to the thief much confusion I can get no relief man there to drink my wine. And my earth. None
2: will the you know what I'm getting tired of what not under. you know what I see I go shopping and we're all all of us are all in the aisles and we're all sending their reading labels yeah. all the people hmm. which is cool. Because people are reading labels now. That's important. It is. Because before we just used to buy, 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 buy. But now, but you just see people kind of going, yeah, because it's hard to understand. It is hard to understand. It is. And what Janice
0: is doing right now is teeing up my (laughs) ability to help you decipher some food labels. So the first one, I made a little note of some that I thought I've been noticing people getting a little confused about. Number one is local. Just because it's local doesn't mean it's dietetic. I think people are making a slight sort of confusion slip up here. Buy local. That's what they say. Okay. Buy local. But here's what buy local means. It means that you're helping to save the environment because a lot of times when you buy things from supermarkets, you're getting you know, raspberries imported from Chile right. or, you know – cucumbers imported from brazil and so it's wasting a ton of fossil fuels and what have you and yeah buying local produce it doesn't have to travel as far the nutrient content is going to be greater for that reason because when the fruits and vegetables sit for a while they oxidize which means that they're losing some of their nutrient power but when you're buying things like local butter
2: it's a local cow it doesn't just down the street it doesn't
0: no doesn't make any difference what do you mean? You're supporting the local farmer. But it doesn't, with regard to your health. Like, but I have
2: local. It's local. Like oh, someone the other I day, <laughs> I got, you. I got you.
0: slathering butter on something, and I that I was like, from... "What are you doing?" Well, it's local. I was like, I,
2: "Yeah, yeah, I got." You. What I are got
0: you. you talking about right now? Like, with regard to your health, it makes right. zero difference when you're getting into something like that, like meat or butter or dairy, unless it's organic. Which you can still buy orga- organic and local. Not the same thing. Organic means no preservatives, no pesticides, no hormones, no antibiotics. Local means it's grown locally. So when you go to your farmer's market, don't presume it's organic. Ask. And another thing yeah, about the farmer's market that's is true. it costs a lot of money to get that organic certification. So ask them, hey, you know, do these peaches or do these heirloom tomatoes have pesticides on them? And a lot of times
2: they'll say, no, we grow pesticide-free. But you need to ask. There you go. Oh, but they can't put the organic label on it because it's a legalese kind of thing.
0: Well, no. It costs a gazillion dollars to get the certification, and they may not have been able to afford it. Gotcha. Okay. Next, gluten. I've been wanting to talk about this. Gluten-free foods. Gluten products that are gluten-free have doubled since 2005. Yeah. Gluten has to do with somebody. uh, uh, Gluten affects people with something called celiac disease which means their body can't process it. They get very, very sick. Celiac disease is actually extremely rare. But now everybody runs around and says to me, oh my gosh, try these cookies. They're gluten-free. Okay, Ridiculous. well, if you don't have celiac disease, here's what you need to know about gluten. A lot of times the gluten-free foods are higher in calories. They have less fiber and they can be more costly.
2: So don't cost just... Cost for sure. I didn't know less yeah. fiber. I didn't know that they lacked in fiber. Well, that's my job. But That's cost my sure. job. You ready for the next one? Yes. <clears throat> See what I mean.
0: Ah, trans fat. This one sucks. So you look at a label and it says trans fat free, right? Well, not so fast. There's a trick.
2: How do you mean? It has, if it's trans fat free, there's
0: no. Guess what these sons of guns can do? I can't remember the exact way they did this, but they said that if it's per serving, it's 0. 0.9 grams of trans fat, they can round down. So like a great example of this would be, I can't believe it's not butter. One spray Mm. is not actually considered a serving and it has like 0.9 amount grams of trans fat or what have you, or zero calories, calorie free. If it's got like 0.9 calories, but the whole thing might have hydrogenated or partially hydrogenated fat, which is trans fat. And the American Heart Association says that you should have no more than two grams of trans fat a day. You realize that's 18 calories of trans fat. That's how bad it is for you. It can just if three percent of your daily calorie allowance, I don't know why I'm touching you right now. If three percent of your being comforting. Oh. Mm-hmm. If three percent of your daily calorie allowance is trans fat, you've increased your risk of heart disease by twenty three percent. So just think there's some trickery going on with the food label. If it says zero grams of trans fats, here's what I want you to do read the ingredients. And if you see hydrogenated anywhere on the ingredients, put it back on the shelf.
2: So they tweak, they can tweak the
0: they round it down on the serving size. So Oh wow. If you put like five sprays on your AirPop popcorn, that stuff adds up and people think, "Oh, it's free, it's free. I can have as much of it as I want." But it's not. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. Next one. Ah, okay. Whole grain just because something says whole grain doesn't mean it's good for you. You need it to say 100% whole grain, not made with whole grains. It needs to say 100% because yeah. if they could just blend a little whole grain fiber in there and
2: then, then they say pull it's off grain. a bit of trickery, huh? Why, why do they try to fool us? Money. Money. <laughs> Sorry. Money.
0: You answered your question. Yeah. Okay. Oh, and last one. You notice how things will say it's a good source of calcium. Mm-hmm. It's a good source of vitamin D. That doesn't mean you're done and dusted on that. It's not like you can go, oh, I had my glass of coconut milk and I've had my calcium for the day. No. Oftentimes when they say a good source, it means that you're getting about 10 to 20% of your recommended daily allowance of the nutrient. So you don't get to think like,
2: oh, I had my calcium for the day. No. No, we believe that though. Nope. Wow, good source. I'll I'll remember that.
0: Now, do you want to, since you you introed this so beautifully, do you want to, I'm done now with these. I just wanted to kind of like touch on some.
2: Well, I think that's very interesting. So that just don't be fooled by your labels because they do try to fool you. Has a question
1: for you. Please, you have the floor. <laughs> okay. Well, my question is basically just um, more like, I guess, asking advice. How? Um, I, I have a job. I went through college. I'm a single mom, um, and I um, kind of, you know, having a desk job is it's, it's okay. It makes you know makes me be able to pay for my place to live with her, but. Um, I like to go to the gym. I like to work out. I've, you know, I've always done that my whole life. And uh, I've recently been more interested in becoming like a group fitness instructor or something like that. And I thought you would be the perfect person to ask as to, you know, like a good way to get into that business and and how to network within that and and all of that stuff. Oh, excellent.
0: Okay. Uh. Well, the first thing is, um, is, is do you want to do Group X or do you want to do personal training or do you want to do both? And the only reason you need to make that decision is because you you want to get your certification. So uh, I, I like AFA, um, but there's Nesta, ACE, ISA, ACSM, NASM, um, but AFA is real straightforward. Uh, it's an intelligent certification program, but it doesn't make you miserable with like – <laughs> Some of them kind of hold you hostage, and some of them are, are like, great, but you don't have to do 1,000 hours of continuing ed, and it's just, it's, like, reasonable, it's manageable, and the courses are great. And um, so I would check out those various organizations, AFFA, AFA, um, NASM, ACE, or ACSM are all good. and. Uh, And then think about whether you want to get your personal training certification or your Group X cert or both. Then with that said, what I would also start doing is go to some fit expos, especially if you want to get into Group X, because that's where you're going to find the Zumba people, the CrossFit people. Um, I'm actually working on launching a Group X a group X project that's based on uh, a lot of the science that I've utilized on Biggest Loser and um, in my DVD programs. And so we're launching it at a fitness expo so that we can introduce it to group X trainers and think about what group X do you want to be teaching? Do you want to teach Zumba? Do you want to teach like ours is called body shred? It's not out yet. It won't be out till fall. But if you wanted to teach body shred, then you would think, okay, I want to teach these things and you want to sign up for that course. So for example, with ours, it's also gonna count if you were already a certified teacher, it's a certificated program, which would mean that it would count towards your continuing education units. So every year when you have to redo your your continuing ed, if you took body shred it would count towards that. So you would maintain your certification. But you whatever you're passionate about teaching Take the class. And if it's a spin class, it's obviously going to be a little bit different. Um, but if you're into something like that, usually you need to take the, the course to be able to teach that class or methodology. So you want to start looking into that as well. Um, now, on overall fitness training, I recommend reading the trade magazines. They're really important. The shapes of the world, the women's Healths of the world. Uh, I even read men's health. I love men's health. I find that it's really cutting edge, and, and, you know, you will have male clients. You will have men in your class, uh, and they can be a lot more truthful about supplements, and I love men's health as well. Read the trade magazines just so you know, like, the cool classes that are out there. Is pole fitness hot? Is bar hot right now? Is punk rope hot? Uh, Also, what are other trainers doing in different areas? What are the latest studies and research coming out about Diet and exercise, just be well versed and explore these different things, and they make it fun. They're an easy read. And I also suggest after you read about something and it kind of piques your curiosity, whether it's, oh, the best time of day to work out is blank because, or, oh, studies suggest that eating this food is going to give you more energy because, go on something like PubMed and read the most recent studies that are coming out about fitness and diet. So, for example, trainers are always talking about Tabata Protocol, and it's 20 seconds of high intensity and 10 seconds off.
1: I've actually done that.
0: Okay. and But here's the thing about Tabata. You're only supposed to do it for eight minutes, but nobody actually read the study. So if you actually read the studies about Tabata Protocol, it only is for super advanced athletes, and it's only supposed to go on for 80 minutes, or it actually can wear the body down, cause injury, release stress hormones. So... When you like something and you're just getting a little blurb about it, study it. Read it all the way through so that you know exactly what you're dealing with, okay? And who funded the study? Who's behind it? Is it valid in your mind? Because that's, that's in my personal opinion, that's how I've always done my continuing education is by taking classes with other trainers, taking other Group X classes, reading all the um, my industry's trade magazines, then studying all of the latest research on PubMed and reading all of the current information. And then I'll go talk to a registered dietitian about it, a sports medicine doctor about it, a physiatrist about it. So I can get the down low on, is this true? What do I need to know about it? What are the ins and outs of it? Like the Tabata protocol suggestion. And last but not least, pick a gym in your area that you like. And start taking classes there. See if you enjoy the other trainers, if you like the clientele. And start, once you get the certifications, start working your way into it uh, freelance. You know what I mean? Like, moonlighting a little bit. Start out, build your clientele, get your sea legs into the... Because teaching a class and knowing information about fitness is actually very different. Uh, And I was never a super good Group X instructor. I always preferred one-on-one training. But as I've had to learn so much about Group X from my time on Biggest Loser, uh, you have to learn about queuing and motivation. And so Group X is, to a certain extent, it's a performance of sorts. So get your sea legs, build a clientele, pick a facility you like, and once you feel really ensconced and secure, then smoothly transition over full-time. Okay. Oh, and get insurance. It's not expensive. I think you can get it through Idea, and um, make every person that you personal train sign a waiver. Okay. And uh, and then be insured because even though the facility might offer insurance, oh my gosh, I broke. I have a hangnail from your class, and I want fifty thousand dollars. I mean you just never know about that dude and it's not expensive for you so it's not expensive for you and a lot of gyms won't even let you train unless you're personally covered as well
2: okay
0: just a smart thing to do and that's it i'm so
1: excited i get to talk to you
0: it's our pleasure
2: We are back, and Tiffany wants to have a little chat with you.
1: Yay! Tiffany, what's up? Hi, Jillian. How are you?
0: I'm good, buddy. How are you?
1: I'm great. Um, First, I want to say I'm a huge fan of yours. I do all of your exercise DVDs and Wii games. They're fantastic. Oh,
0: thank you, buddy. My
1: my question for you today, um, and it's kind of really personal for me. Mm. About six years ago, I was 120 pounds. Got married, got comfortable, blew up to um, 257. Right now is where I stand. Okay. I've tried every diet. I've been on and off of Weight Watchers, and I guess my biggest thing right now is I feel like I have so much weight to lose that if that I give up really easy, I'll lose 30 pounds and then I'll say it's been three months. Which 30 pounds in three months, I know is fantastic. Yeah, but it is. <laughs> But I just, I feel like there's just so much to go that I end up getting sick of counting points and, you know, everything mm. else that I just end up falling back. Mm. So, I don't, I don't know if you have any advice as to what the best long-term diet would be. Oh,
0: I don't think that's your question. <laughs> um, I mean, okay there's something that is making you want to keep the weight on. And that's your problem. I And I, I don't know what it is, obviously. Um, yeah. Do you have any idea what it is? Or should we go on a bit of a, a goose chase <laughs> here? Which
1: I'm fine uh, with. I don't know. I guess just being comfortable. Usually when I start to go on a diet, I don't think... I don't think I want to keep on the weight, but my husband isn't really supportive when I do There, I knew it. I
0: am on fire today. (laughs) I knew that's what it was, but I was like, this is dangerous to imply without her going there. So I was going to ask you some questions. Okay, so here we are. I
1: mean, my family is wicked supportive, like my mom. Yeah, yeah, but here... I'm only 27, but, yeah, every time I try and, like, I start to do really good on a diet, my husband will go on, like, a junk food fest and bring in Oreos and all of my favorite foods and be like, oh, it's okay, you're doing good, you can have some, it's all right, and he'll just push me back.
0: Right, and so, so here's what's happening. He's unconsciously threatened... How about you losing weight? He thinks you'll grow him and you'll leave him. You'll abandon him. Now, when he does that, he makes you feel that if you lose weight, he's going to abandon you. So yeah. you get 30 pounds down. You go into an abandonment panic and abandon the weight loss regimen. And it isn't because like, oh, what's my weight loss regimen? That's not it. You're in this very unhealthy and yet extremely typical couple's dynamic. So the real question becomes... Uh, Number one, what is he afraid of? Why is he doing this? And can you make him conscious of it and reassure him and communicate with him? So it goes like this. By the way, you don't want to go into a conversation accusing with you statements. You always sabotage me. You don't want what's best for me. You blah, 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 blah. No, honey, I feel really uncomfortable when I'm overweight. And yet I feel like when I start to lose weight, it threatens you on some level because I've noticed that you give me permission to eat and you start bringing foods in the house. And I feel as though if I don't keep the weight on, I might lose you for some reason. See if you can get him to acknowledge what he's going through and open up. He'll probably tell you you're crazy because these things are painful But you, you can't, you, then you gotta say, okay, you know what? Try it like this. If you can't get him to open up as to why he's doing it, try this. You know what, babe? All right. Maybe, you know what? I, I'm not gonna argue this part of it with you, but then I have a request for you. If you love me, support me. This is what I need. Don't bring those foods in the house around me. If you wanna eat them, eat them with your friends, eat them away from me. Around me, I need you to support me. If you really want to support me, go walking with me. Go on a diet with me. If you don't want to do it with me, support my efforts and don't bring the food around me. You need to communicate very clearly and concisely and directly about what you want and what you need. I want to be X, Y, and Z. I feel better when I am fit this that the other blah 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 i need you to support me by blank 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 specifics instructions okay now okay. your best bet though because he doesn't he doesn't want you to feel better thinner this or that because he thinks you're going to leave him that's why he's sabotaging you so if you can try to get that out of him And try to yeah. and then
2: reassure
0: and validate him I would I love you you're the most important person in my life uh, I I this is actually impairing our intimacy because I don't feel good whatever sexual or whatever it might be you know I feel less sexy I I feel I I don't feel good about myself it it, it impairs my ability to be emotionally intimate with you and assure, sure validate because it's coming from his insecurity and then it triggers your insecurity and that's why you're keeping the weight on so I want you to try all of those things now if at the end of several attempts this does not work you're gonna have a pretty serious decision to make and I I don't want to take you there right now because it's not necessary if you get to that place where you've tried everything I've told you a couple of times I mean like try it for three or three to six months okay And if he's not feeling validated, if he's not coming around, if he's not hearing you, if he's not acknowledging any of this, if he's making you feel like you're crazy, you got to call me back and we need to have a different conversation.
1: Okay. Okay? Yes.
0: All right. But we don't need to go there right now because I I don't (laughs) think that is a highly unlikely worst case last ditch scenario.
1: Okay. All right, buddy. No problem. Thank you so much for your insight and your health. I appreciate it. No,
0: it's my pleasure because there's nothing wrong with your diet. If you want to do Weight Watchers, do Weight Watchers. It doesn't matter as long as you're count Points is just a, a way of counting calories.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah the, I know that. Yeah, so the, ans- the answer is just a matter of eating as healthfully as possible, counting your calories in, calories out, and moving your body as effectively as possible whenever you can. That's 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 the quote weight loss regimen you need to follow. It's this issue that's holding you back.
1: Okay, great. Well, at least now I can see. Like you kind of opened my eyes to that a little bit. So mm. I definitely thank you very much.
0: My it's my pleasure, bud. If you like, I said, if it doesn't get where you need it to be within the next three to six months, call me back.
1: I definitely will. Thank you so much, Jillian.
0: My pleasure. Have a great day. You too. Okay. Bye.
1: <laughs> bye. Bye. You are on fire
0: today. Yeah, no, I'm gifted. <laughs> <laughs>
2: you know? You are.
0: No, it's just, I've been doing this such a long time. You know, sometimes I'm not right, but, but I remember I was talking with my mom, and there was a woman I was working with on losing it, right? And I mean, oh my God, Janice, the house was a disaster. You would have thought she was out of an episode of Hoarders. You couldn't get through it, it was filthy, dirty, and. I mean it was just oh my god oh janice i mean it was unlivable it was like out of hoarders right so i'm on the phone with my mom and i'm like i don't know mom she's not a hoarder i don't feel like she's hoarding things because she was willing to throw things away Mm -hmm. like when i was like her name was deb and i was like deb you know, and we went on this thing for 24 hours straight of like cleaning the house. And I, I was like, she'll throw things away. That's not it. And she goes, what do you think it is? And I was like, a complete and utter apathy, <gasps> hopeless, helplessness. She's given up mm-hmm. on life. She has crawled in this cave to die, oh, wow. but it's not yeah. the same thing as hoarding. So my, I go, my mom goes, well, you know what, sweetie, a lot of the time, you know, I'll work intuitively. So I'll say I'm getting the feeling or I'm getting the impression that. Mm -hmm. And she goes, throw it out there and see if she reflects that back to you. Yeah. if she doesn't she doesn't it's coming from you and it's a transference and she goes that happens too all the time mm-hmm. but if she does continue on that line of questioning and conversation so sometimes i get that feeling in my in my heart or in my head or i hear the voice tell me what to say i know i sound like a nut job but no, i no, do no.
2: but you loft the ball up and, and then yeah. you go now uh-huh.
0: oh, mm. mm-hmm. and they either resonate with it and you're right and you kind of continue gently down that line of questioning Or you're not. And sometimes, by the way, you know they're not ready to hear something. So it doesn't matter if you tell them or not. You just upset them and they won't hear it. So
2: anyway. Yeah. (sighs) Well, I couldn't think of a better time to say so long. (laughs) (laughs) What happened? I wasn't going to say anything. What is happening with my bra back here? You know, it's not very fancy. No, I don't really. What's happening? (laughs) Whole thing's on snapping? Well, it's not by your neck. Oh, my God. What in the name of Jesus? I'm surprised that you wear a very plain Yeah,
0: but it's a... It's a bra. No, it's not a plain bra, though. That's the uh, part you're missing. It's a puffy bra.
2: No, but it's plain beige. Look at my spanky number.
0: No, but here's the problem with your spanky number. Your spanky polka dot number is under your shirt. Yeah. Okay, but you still look flat-chested. <laughs> my bra <laughs> is under my shirt, so it might be plain, but I look like I have boobs. That's why my bra is better than yours. <laughs>
2: Yeah. That's funny. It's true, though. Jess, <laughs> you still look... What better way to end the show than on that? <laughs> Goodbye. See you next week. <laughs>